Welcome once again to Dental Soundbites, the monthly podcast of the Christian Dental Association. This is Dr. Bill Griffin coming to you from the headquarters of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations in Bristol, Tennessee. I have the distinct pleasure of laboring with an inspiring and faithful dental team who represents CDA across the country. For those of you who may not be aware of our dental team, let me introduce you. First, we have regional dental coordinators who encourage dental ministry throughout the U.S. Dr. Jennifer Wade serves in the South. Dr. Malika Johnson is our Western representative. And Dr. Jonathan Spen ministers in the Midwest and also in the Northeast. I am so thankful for their diligence in encouraging dentists and dental students in their regions. In addition to our regional dental coordinators, we also partner with Dr. Katie Musser, who serves in Memphis, Tennessee, as our CMDA Residency Plus Liaison, working to replicate the Memphis Dental Residency Program, which has been going strong for almost a decade in other U.S. cities and also internationally. Another central component of CDA ministry is Jamie Majeski, our dental representative in CMDA's stewardship department, helping to keep us on track financially. And then finally, I will mention the administrative assistants I have the privilege of working with in Bristol, Julie Ermiger and Danielle Taylor. They're the glue of CMDA, keeping us all working together to recognize and pursue whatever the Lord might call us to accomplish. Today's Dental Soundbites podcast will provide an insightful look into the ministry of Global Health Outreach, CMDA's short-term missions organization, which has plans for 40 or so mission trips around the globe in 2024. The dental component of these trips is hugely important. GHO's director, Dr. Trish Burgess, would love to have dentists and other dental personnel on every single team. And those listening to this podcast can help make this happen. Enjoy this interview, which I recorded with Dr. Burgess regarding the dental component of GHO trips. Welcome to Let's Go GHO. This is Dr. Trish Burgess, Director of Global Health Outreach. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Bill Griffin, who is Vice President for Dental Ministries here at CMDA. Well, it's really nice to have you, Bill Griffin, in the studio today for the podcast. And you have a role as Vice President for Dental Ministries here at CMDA. What would you say your job description is for that? Well, I really love the opportunity I have here at CMDA to be involved in basically anything that can help encourage and equip Christian dentists to show the love of Christ to others, whether that's domestically or internationally. It's a really broad description, and I've got people here that are much better than I am at working out the details of that, but however we can equip Christian dentists and even sometimes physicians to show the love of Christ to others, I can somehow fit that into my job description. <laughs> and how has this connected you with GHO? Well, I think about the CMDA 
overall vision statement, which is bringing the hope and healing of Christ to the world through healthcare professionals. And that sort of a vision statement just screams GHO because that's exactly what you're doing to people in all different countries around the world. So it fits in beautifully with, I think, what the Lord has called me to do here at CMDA. And you've been so helpful to us, so I really appreciate that. How would you say um, you first, if you can even remember this, how you first became interested in dental mission trips? How did that happen? Well, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that it was well into my second decade of private practice before I even thought about becoming involved in a dental mission trip. And at that point in time, I, I certainly recognized the Lord's hand of blessing in my career, how I was into private practice and the Lord was meeting our needs financially and giving us good opportunities to be involved in various types of ministry. And, and I, I think initially I just wanted to respond to his kindness to me. And um, also, even since I first came to know Christ in dental school, I've always had a strong desire to communicate the gospel to others through dentistry. And I think it was my wife, Linda, that suggested, why don't you try a dental mission trip? And so that's what we did. So what was that first trip like for you? It's kind of funny that it it was actually not a great experience. And, and it was my own fault because I went to Belize with my wife and two children and I had this vision of what a mission trip was supposed to be like, how I would remove that painful tooth and the patient would jump up and say, wow, that was great. What must I do to be saved? And I, I just had this real <laughs> sense that God was going to use me to communicate the gospel to others. And where we went to in Belize was a heavily Christianized area already. And just about all the patients had already come to faith in Christ and were seeking to walk with Christ. Yes, they needed dental treatment done, but they weren't meeting Bill Griffin's goals. I went home thinking, you know, maybe this mission trip stuff isn't where it's at. And then I started reading my Bible and recognized things like how we were supposed to show love to all men, especially those of the household of faith, and how Jesus instructs us in Matthew, I think it's chapter 25, as often as you do these things to the, these the least of my brethren, this you've done unto me. And it finally hit me, it's okay to serve fellow Christians on mission trips too. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. And I think even learning sometimes is, is hard how to transition when you're there taking care of their physical needs then to try and transition that to their spiritual needs. And it takes you a while to sort of understand that that really is part of their overall health too. Yes. So I get that. I remember... Not really that so much because I did lead several to the Lord as unbelievers, but that struggle of, now, how do I transition this mm -hmm. um, to that aspect? So it is, it is a lessons learned over yes. the years, of course. Mm -hmm. So describe your GHO mission experience. I know you went with us for the first time, I think, after you started working here, correct? Well, I had been to one trip to Haiti a while back, just a few weeks after the earthquake. That was a wonderful GHO experience as well. We had a strong medical and dental team as a part of that group that went to Haiti in a very difficult situation. It caused me to recognize the severe, tremendous needs that they have in places like Haiti, even prior to the earthquake, but especially once that happened. And, and I actually had an opportunity to see a patient freed from demon possession. And it was an amazing experience. You know, you read about it in the Bible and, mm -hmm. and you think, well, Jesus is all powerful. He can do these kinds of things. 
And it seems like in the Bible, it happens relatively quickly. But this experience we had in Haiti, it was a patient who, it took several hours for them to be freed from demon possession. And there were uh, team leaders there who had been to Haiti several times before. And this wasn't their first rodeo, as they say. And over a period of time through prayer, this person was freed. And he came back to the clinic later on that week and and gave uh, great recognition of how Christ had freed him. It was a a beautiful experience. It wasn't necessarily your common experience on mission trips, Mm -hmm. but it certainly showed me the power of God in a very concrete way to change people's hearts. Right. I've never really seen that done either other than on the mission trip. So in our country, same thing with anointings. Like I've never really seen that Mm -hmm. done a whole lot either. Um, But you just think differently, I think, somehow on mission trips, or you're, I think, more in tune spiritually with things. Another thing that it demonstrated to me about GHO mission trips is that although international mission trips are inherently unpredictable, you can't completely know what's going to happen. But your team at GHO, they do a tremendous job controlling everything that can be controlled and and also making provision for unexpected events as well. So I, I grew in appreciation for how your team seeks to do everything possible to make this uh, at least a somewhat predictable experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the details that you don't really, most people don't have time to plan for anyway. There was a second aspect that I really appreciate about GHO trips, and and that is the fact that the team is strongly fed in the spiritual realm to make us better able to minister to patients. There's, this is a powerful component of GHO trips, and, and the personal devotions, as you know, begin mm-hmm. even before the trip starts. And, and then there are additional teachings and testimonies of God's grace during the week. And, and you know, I appreciate especially the uh, opportunity for God sightings, where mm-hmm. where team members can share how they've seen God's hand at work during the week. And, and because the team enjoys a strong spiritual component in our time together, we serve patients out of an overflow from what Jesus is doing in our lives. So that builds camaraderie within the team. It creates a sense of unity for our clinical treatment. And it also creates a great foundation to meet the spiritual needs of our patients. That's amazing that you've seen that difference. Very exciting. So having served with the GHO mission trip, and then you went to Nicaragua also, Mm -hmm. right, since then, Mm -hmm. how has that helped you to see the needs or ways you feel that uh, GHO can improve our dental teams? Well, a couple things that I've noticed, and and I should again uh, emphasize the strengths of GHO trips as well, and yet the opportunity to make things better is is throughout CMDA, not just in GHO, and I, I greatly appreciate that as well. So my experience with GHO teams have helped me to see the, the significant difference between a dentist in private practice and a dentist on the mission field. In, in private practice, if it's a well-run private practice, the dentist limits their activity to what only they can do, which is the actual provision of care for the patient. Things like sterilization and uh, 
putting together equipment and supplies and instruments. That's all done by other people in the mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. Whereas on a mission field, it's rare for a dentist to have an assistant with them. And so the dentist is called to do those things themselves. And and so it's, it's uh, very different from private practice. And another thing that's helped me a great deal is interacting with other veteran GHO dentists who've been on a number of trips and seen that difference as well. But probably the biggest thing that helped me to see potential improvements in the dental component of GHO trips is uh, this past December during the team leader training. And you know a lot of your audience probably doesn't realize that every year there's a tremendous two-day conference for GHO team leaders that happens here at, at CMDA headquarters in Bristol. It's, it's a wonderful experience to rub shoulders with others that, that go on a lot of trips. And during that time this year, we got together about six dentists who've been on a number of trips, Mm -hmm. and we just brainstormed about what the blessings of these trips are, what the challenges are, and how those challenges can be best met. And that was a very informative time of learning for me. Right. In fact, we also, uh, this last team leader training, did a uh, a one-hour talk on dentists, or Bill did it along with Dr. Greg Griffin, and just talking about the basic needs of dentists on the mission field and how they're different for the rest of us. You know, doctors, I can sling a stethoscope around my neck, and, uh, and that's all I need, and a pen to write, you know, my prescription, and I'm good to go. And I usually just take a week of vacation to do that, so it's not not as uh, extensive what I have to sacrifice to be able to participate. Um, but it's definitely different for dentists. Yes. Well, some of the differences that others helped me to realize between physicians and dentists in terms of their GHO trip needs, one of the things is that often we're limited in the type of care we can provide compared to private practice. Many trips only include treatment of extractions, removal of of bad teeth. And it's extremely difficult to offer treatment of decay where the teeth can still be filled because so many different instruments and so many different supplies are necessary. So one of the ideas that came out of the team leader training is the development of a restorative kit. And I have to thank Dr. Bob Meyer, a a dear friend and Mm -hmm. a fellow CMDA member. And this restorative kit, which is now available on GHO trips, it includes the, the foundational uh, hand instruments and the supplies necessary to do fillings on trips. And so now a dentist can show up for a GHO trip if they intend to do fillings, and just about everything that they would need is there. If there's some particular instrument they'd really like to have that's not a part of the kit, they'll see the contents of the kit in advance so that it's much easier now to help patients overseas not just have the bad teeth removed, but have the good teeth preserved for a longer life. A second thing that came up is refining the sterilization process and not just how to sterilize instruments, we have a good grip on that, I think, but also how to maintain the most sterile environment possible during the course of the treatment. And then also something that many don't think about, which is how to go about scheduling the number of dental patients in a way that's reasonable to both the patients and the dental professionals. If you just let huge crowds line up and then you send home a whole bunch of people at the end of the day, that's not very pleasant for the patients. But if you stay there till they're all treated, 
you won't get any sleep that night. Right. And, and so we've discovered ways to try to estimate the number of patients that can be reasonably seen. And then that gets tweaked during the day. So it may seem like a small area, but it's a logistical concern that makes sure we're doing well for the patients and also not overwhelming those that provide the, the care as well. Uh, and I think one more thing that just in general sort of inadvertently occurred during our talk is that the GHO team leaders were able to become more sensitive to the, the unique requirements of the dental components of a team. So they more completely understand how we can work together to best meet the health needs of our patients. I, I think a team leader might wonder, well, why are those dentists always late for lunch? And why does it take them so long to set up? And, and not necessarily in an ornery fashion, but just a, a lack of understanding that dental needs on a trip are different than most physicians' needs. And it brought together greater cohesiveness and some wonderful questions at the end of the talk as well. Right. There were so many questions. It's like, we're going to have to do this again next year because it was really apparent how little we know um, about dentists. You know, I don't know why we didn't fully understand that before, but there was, you know, since I've been here as director five years, I've learned more and more over the years about the difficulties for dentists. And I just really felt like they needed to understand that better to be more understanding. I, all I remember really early on is that we were always waiting on the dentist at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> right. to go home. And it's not easy to predict how long it's going to take, you know, that last patient yeah. um, to get that root out or whatever. So yeah. it can be a challenge for you guys. And I really wanted to encourage dentists more um, and you knew that as my heart, but how to do that was, well, I had no clue. Um, so you guys in that meeting was so helpful for us, and a lot of the changes we've made have been a result of that. But I just want to ask you, how is a GHO team in which we have both medical and dental components, how is that different from a dental-only mission team, which I know you've done quite a bit of as well? Well, each has certain advantages. On the one hand, a dental-only trip often includes more dental members, and we're sometimes able to get more complete meeting of patients' needs. Like if it's a dental-only trip, sometimes we can actually offer not just extractions and restorative treatment, but also sometimes root canals, even partial and complete dentures. And so a dental-only trip can be more comprehensive regarding patients' dental needs. Uh -huh. But what I really love about when medical and dental needs are met together on a GHO trip is there's an opportunity for cross-referrals. I can think of patients that I've seen whose blood pressure was too high to do extractions and we could refer them over to the medical component where they could deal with that blood pressure issue so we could provide the necessary dental treatment. And sometimes physicians might recognize something in the mouth and they're not exactly sure what the heck it is. Mm -hmm. And they can refer patients to dental for a diagnosis in that regard. So as I see that GHO trips are able to more completely meet the physical needs of patients. It, it reminds me of, of Paul's metaphor uh, about the body of Christ being like different parts of the physical body. And, and the more parts of the physical body we can address, the more we can mirror the way that God cares for the whole person, both physically and, and spiritually. Mm, well, that's so nice. Um, in thinking about, you know, caring for patients and dentists, especially um, when we have just one on a trip at a time, um, it's a lot more challenging for them. As an ER physician, when we went to double dot coverage at night so mm -hmm. that there were two of us, it was so much less stressful, shockingly so, just having someone there that you could say, hey, look at this EKG or what do you think, what would you do with this? You know, mm -hmm. just is so much more reassuring. Um, and again, still trying to work on ways that we can make it more comfortable for our dentists 
to, uh, on our mission trips. Um, so do you have any other thoughts as far as how we can help our dentists be more comfortable on the mission field? Well, I think one of the key ways to uh, make a trip more comfortable for a GHO dentist is to give them a good idea of what they're getting themselves into, especially if they haven't done a GHO trip previously. Right, which is um, why you and a couple other dentists have agreed to be consultants for us. So if we have a new dentist, we can have them call you. When part of our new protocol, when we have a new to GHO dentist sign up for a mission trip, is for the team leader to connect them with you or one of the other dentists. Why do you think this is particularly important? Well, whether it's a dentist who's new to dental mission trips, doing their very first trip ever, or whether it's just a, a dentist who hasn't done a GHO trip before, it's awfully helpful if they can have a, a better idea of what to expect to make decisions such as what type of treatment they want to provide on the trip, what they're going to need for that treatment, and to know also what GHO provides as well. I actually had an experience just like this, like what we're discussing right now. Uh, recently, I spoke with a dentist from Missouri who's getting ready to do her first trip to Bethlehem with her husband and her son. And we had a great conversation. She's a well-established private practice dentist. And we talked about some of the blessings that are in store for her and also some of the ways she can be ready for the challenges that, that she'll face. And, and at the end of that conversation, I think she was really looking forward to it. And I look forward to hearing her report after her trip. But even if a dentist has done lots of trips before with various organizations, there are certain topics that need to be discussed mm -hmm. in terms of uh, what they're likely to find on the mission field. Even though you can't fully predict what's going to happen, you can give them that knowledge of what often happens and the privilege they'll have of seeing God at work. Yeah, that is. It's, it's good that you're encouraging them along the way as well as, you know, giving some practical advice mm -hmm. about these are some of the challenges because we don't want to surprise them with those challenges in the field for sure. So in addition to your work here at CMDA headquarters, you continue to head overseas yourself about four times a year. What keeps you going back to the mission field? <laughs> well, this is interesting. My first trip, as I mentioned, was sort of like the desire to give back, which is not a bad desire. Mm -hmm. I suppose I thought, well, God's done so much for me, I need to do something for him. And what I forgot was that well-worn axiom that you can't outgive God. Right. Because here I sat on a trip thinking, well, I'm just going to sacrifice and I'm going to pray that God blesses it. And he blesses it in a way that makes you even more grateful for his presence. So I might have set out, you know, sort of like onward Christian soldiers, that, you know, uh, rugged desire to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And then you see God's hand at work. And every trip I come back from, on the plane on the way back, I can think of ways that God showed up and how he worked in the lives of people. And also the, the resonance that you have with others that belong to Christ who may speak a different language, they may look different than we do, the culture may be different, but yet there is this unity in Christ that the Holy Spirit brings about that uh, it's just, I, I, I need to have that connection to remind me that the kingdom of God is bigger than what we experience in the U.S. 
and that that's a beautiful thing. Right. I had a similar desire my first one. I just wanted to work really hard for the Lord and serve Him and so grateful for what He's done for me. Um, and so I prayed and prayed that I would be the hands and feet of Jesus you know, on the mission field. And what I, I remember finding the most on that first trip ever was I saw Jesus in them, in our patients, just the, the humility they have, the humbleness they have and, and openness um, with us. So, I mean, the more I tried to give, the more I would see Jesus in them and feel blessed. So it was one of those where you just, you know, you're exhausted. You just got to <laughs> accept God's blessing and, and not keep trying to pour out for him. Yes. Mission trips help me to realize that exhaustion and joy can coexist. <laughs> right, right, and they often do, yeah. um, all the way through the airport getting home. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so if you had a piece of advice for a dentist who was interested, like you were all those years ago in trying missionary dentistry, but um, hadn't done it before, what would it be? Well, I'll say first, and this may sound a little bit contrary to your question, I'll say that missionary dentistry is not for everybody. There are some who would have trouble with the challenge of doing things differently overseas than you do back home. But even as I say that, there are so, so many different ways to provide dental care on the mission field that almost everyone can find an environment where the Lord has equipped them to serve. For example, I I got a call a few weeks ago from a dentist who is now organizing trips to very nice areas of the world, and they're staying in five-star hotels, (laughs) and they're going to treat needy patients, but they're going to make it a wonderful vacation experience as well. Now, that's, it's not my cup of tea, but, but you've got trips like that, which will keep things, I guess, as close to the U.S. comfort level as you can. You've got other trips where physicians and dentists are floating down the Amazon, treating patients from village to village, And then you've got everything in between. So whatever the desire of a dentist might be to provide treatment overseas, number one, your services are greatly desired. Mm. And number two, there are environments where, yes, you could be stretched a little compared to how you do things in the U.S., but you can choose your level of stretching. And perhaps that can even grow over time. My my, uh, first several trips were to Jamaica, which is – generally speaking, an easier place to do a trip than other parts of the world. And and since then, I've had a chance to go to other places. I haven't floated down the Amazon River yet. I don't know if I will. But it's such a broad area of service that I think almost any dentist could find a place to serve the Lord internationally. Right. I agree with that. That's true. Although I will say one of the um, most common complaints I get back on follow-up from trips is that people feel like we stay in too nice a place sometimes, that it can be a challenge to go into these very poor, near needy areas to serve and then go back to a nicer hotel. (laughs) Um, So there is always challenges on trying to keep people happy and comfortable with what they're doing. But of course, a little bit outside your comfort zone is always good for you too. One thing that I try to do with every trip that I go on is that I seek to ask somebody to come along with me because I think that personal invitation can have an awful lot to do with somebody getting started. I mentioned that my first trip didn't go quite like I had planned. Mm-hmm. My second trip was through the invitation of another another dentist, Dr. Jim Carney, who's also a CMDA member, mm-hmm. and he invited me to go with him to work with students in Jamaica. And if not for that personal invitation, I don't know at what point I would have done my second trip. And that inspired me 
to go back with him several times and then others. And so I encourage our members to not discount the power of a personal invitation in introducing someone else to the joys you found on the mission field. That's a good point. I really appreciate that. Um, so tell us about um, some of the scholarship opportunities we have now that have helped make this more available for students. Well, one in particular comes to mind, Trish, and, and it had sort of a sad beginning, but it's having a great uh, outcome. Dr. Dale Willis, uh, who passed away a few years ago, he was heavily involved in GHO mission trips, also a member of the Dental Advisory Council here at CMDA, mm-hmm. and he was a real leader at his church and as well and it's, as at CMDA. And in his memory, his wife, Christina Willis, has enabled us to set up a fund that many generous people have contributed to, which grew to over $40,000 to provide scholarships for dentists doing their very first GHO trip. And so those scholarships are in the form of $1,500 increments. And if a dentist would like to do a GHO trip, they can identify the trip they'd like to go on and apply for and receive that scholarship money, and that can help introduce them to GHO trips. One thing I've noticed about this fund is not only is it introducing dentists to GHO trips, but there's a young dentist who graduated last year and went on her first trip through the scholarship fund, and she signed up for her second trip this year. So it can create a lifelong enjoyment of GHO trips. That's wonderful. We also have student scholarships available for our dental students called the Good Samaritan Scholarship, which gives them half off everything, trip fees and airline costs. So that really makes it more affordable for them to do that Mm -hmm. as well. So we are excited about all these changes we've done to add and improve our dental Mm -hmm. experience for our dentists on the mission field. And I really appreciate your talking with us today and uh, sharing some of that and what it meant to you and what it can mean for your career as a dentist to get involved earlier. I feel the same way. If I'd gotten involved earlier, I wish I had, you know, that it would have probably changed a lot of my career. So anyway, I appreciate your coming. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with us before you leave, Bill? The thing that comes to mind is um, it's from one of the Psalms. It's the one that Moses wrote, Psalm 90. At the very end of that Psalm, Moses says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And I think as we as dentists recognize that our skills come from God, that he gives us the privilege of utilizing those skills for the benefit of others, especially internationally. And I think my involvement in dental mission trips has been a huge factor in seeing God establish the work of my hands, the fact that he really has equipped me to share this precious gospel through dentistry. Amen. What a great way to end. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I want you overwhelmed with dentists, Trish. That's my goal. Well, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Dr. Bill Griffin about the challenges dentists have on the mission field. If you're interested in our GHO trips as a dentist or dental student, you can look us up on cmda.org GHO, and hopefully you'll be hearing, Let's go, GHO! Here at CMDA headquarters, we are expectantly gearing up for our national convention to be held from May 2nd to 5th in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, near Asheville. 
This year's dental track will consist of three tremendous offerings. Our first speaker will be Dr. Richard Baxter from Birmingham, Alabama. He'll be speaking on the topic, Tongue-Tied No More, A Literal and Figurative Approach. Dr. Baxter is a recognized expert across the nation in helping patients to overcome a tongue-tied situation. Secondly, we will have Dr. Matthew Maddox, a physical therapist, speaking with his wife, dentist Crystal Maddox, on the topic of ergonomics in dentistry. Our third speaker will be Dr. Van Haywood, who is internationally known as the expert when it comes to tooth whitening. And he'll be speaking on tooth whitening, but also on restorative tips and pearls that he's learned during his career. Those who attend CMDA's convention will have the privilege of seeing one of our dental members receive an award, a very prestigious award. I can't say more at this point, but I hope you can be there to join me in offering our congratulations. Registration is easy. Just go to cmda.org natcon. That's cmda.org natcon. I also want to make you aware of a fascinating CMDA conference that will be streamed to interested CMDA members on Saturday, February 3rd, presented in conjunction with the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. The title is Sorting Through Polarization and the Two Kinds of Evangelicalism in the Public Square with Dr. Daryl Bach, Dr. Jeff Barrows, and Nicole Hayes. I've heard all three of these insightful individuals speak on multiple occasions, and I can't wait to hear them again as they address this fascinating topic. Registration is free to CMDA members. Just go to cmda.org events, and the webinar is called The Convergence. Just one final announcement, but it's a big one. CDA is working with the Christian Dental Society to organize a dental missions conference scheduled for October 4th to 6th in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Whether you work in private practice, in a U.S. clinic setting, or internationally, you have a powerful opportunity to communicate the love of Christ to your patients. And we will have more than 20 dentists at this conference to help you do just that. Look for further details in coming weeks. In closing, I want to thank those of you who've contributed to the recent financial campaign to support the efforts of the Christian Dental Association. May the Lord bless your generosity to this ministry. Until next time, God bless. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.